Hello, everyone. This is Jeffrey back with another Global ITAM Summit second edition breakout session. So that's a mouthful. Today we have Harinder Bansal. And Harinder is an IT procurement guy. So he's, he brings a different perspective than our IT asset management people that we've had on. And so I'm excited to talk to Harinder today. How are you doing, Harinder? I'm good. Thank you, Jeffrey. Thank you. And uh, it's, it's just a different, you know, I, I think of it like a sporting event is there's a lot of people seeing the same event from different seats and all of these topics, you see it different than Rory does or Pierce from an IBM point of view. And so it's an interesting, it's an interesting dynamic. Absolutely. All right, let's dive right in. So IT procurement is not a topic. It's not a, hey, let's go to the university and and study four years in IT procurement because it's such a, a blend of skill sets. How did you get started down this path? You know, Jeffrey, you're right. It's it's not a a, a popular subject because uh, it's just the way it's always been, I guess. Um, but now that's changing. You know, I'm seeing more UK-based universities um, offering SIPs accredited degrees. So SIPs uh, for the audience uh, is Chartered Institute of Procurement and Supply. So if you do one of these degrees and you qualify at the end of it, you become SIPs accredited and you get some nice letters after your name. Um, the number of degrees out there accredited is, is growing. So that's only good for the profession. But you're an engineer, right? Wow, you've done your research. Uh, yes. Um, so I guess your next question is, how did I end up in procurement? Oh, yeah. um, and in Jeffrey, uh, Jeffrey, honestly, it was by accident. Um, originally, I studied mechanical engineering at Brunel University in West London in the UK with a personal vision of becoming a chartered engineer. Um, but my first job was a business analyst. So it's quite random how that ended up. Um, so I worked as a BA uh, for a year and a half before I actually got my first engineering job. And it was at, the, it was at this stage where I'd seen two different worlds, if you like, uh, the world of business and the engineering world. I realized that engineering wasn't for me. Um, and so I saw a job going um, at Tesco head office uh, and I went for it. It was a good match uh, on the technical and the commercial side. And I've been in procurement ever since, mostly within IT. Oh yeah. And, and the part that people miss, and I love hearing these stories because they're, they're like, you know, what's funny is everybody, when you're 18, you're like, what do I want to do in life? And you feel this burden to go pick the right degree. And then you talk to those of us with a little gray in our beard and we're like, no, we just fell into it. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's one of those things, but IT procurement is such a, so there's the procurement strategies. We get that, but there's also a technical aspect that people should not underestimate at least that's in my view what are you thinking about that what are your thoughts yeah um procurement's all about um working with the business to define commercial strategies but looking at the it category specifically it's very technical in nature as you know um we need to work with the business and with it to understand what all of that technical language means you know what, what what are these enterprise technologies what do they do how do they allow us to reap the rewards uh, and gain competitive advantage and procurement is not going to understand all of that but we need to know enough to uh, do our jobs effectively and we we should be able to lean on our internal technical expertise to know enough about 
what we need to do to get the job done. Yeah, you just have to know enough, right? It's it's not that it. I have to know a lot. I just have to know enough uh, enough. So you mentioned strategies, and so strategies and procurement and strategies and dealing with vendors, I think, are a little bit separate. I think of them separated in my mind. How are those changing over time? You know, I, the days are gone that the vendor told us what they're going to pay, and we said yes or no. You know, now we have this organizational strategy that procurement and vendor strategies fit into. How are they changing in, from your viewpoint? I think vendor strategies and buying organization strategies change depending on their priorities. Um, I've worked in businesses where cash flow is a, a, has been a real issue for them in year. And so they, they're keen to explore new ideas that they haven't considered before. Um, hardware leasing, for example. Yes. Um, it may it may cost more than the the outright purchase over the term, but guess what? It's going to be really attractive on on the cash flow statement, um, and so on and so forth. And there's hardware leasing, there's software leasing as well. Yeah. Not many people know about that. And so, my view is, if there's a supply market that exists for it, surely it's our job to understand if that's a market that could serve us. On on the vendor strategy side, as I mentioned, they're always changing their priorities. Um, we know that audits are on the rise. You know, you've got so many professionals telling you that uh, in the summit. Um, you know, take Oracle for example. We all pick on them um, that their financial performance hasn't fared that well during COVID. I think it's fair to say, whereas some of their competitors have done a little bit better. So, you know, part of their strategy is to audit more um, so they can gain revenue from clients who are non-compliant, partly to make sure. That they can uh, make up the shortcomings in their results and like and i get that but we need to adapt to that um oracle wants to use their own discovery tools and they don't want you to use uh, an independent partners tool um, again to catch you out further so this is some of the the strategies that we're now seeing in the, the software vendor space um building on that let's think about commercial models um vendors want more predictable revenue streams who doesn't want that um we're now seeing subscription sales, so SaaS um, sales surpass on-premise software for the first time. Um, just let that sink in for a second, because since the SaaS products of this world really took to mainstream in the, the 80s and 90s, um, I don't think anyone thought it would surpass on-prem software sales for a second. So that's just worth letting that sink in. Um, I think looking at strategies again, um, Building on SaaS, um, SaaS products have been really successful in my view because customers now realize that they can utilize the economies of scale and the scalability factor to build competitive advantage. So now vendors are building on the success of that to see how they can offer anything as a service. XAAS will do anything for you as a service, basically. Um, and now I'm seeing things like desktop as a service, yes. DR as a service. Uh, firewall as a service, identity and access management as a service, you get the point because they can see that SaaS products have embedded very well in the market. Whatever you need, we got it, so to as speak, a, right? As a service, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so you also have to play accountant some, and you mentioned the lease versus buy and SaaS versus on-prem. You know, some companies love CapEx, some love OpEx, and 
understanding those terms, capital expense and operational expense or operating expense is one that you have to, you know, it's just like our personal lives. Some people like buying a car, some people like leasing a car. And uh, it's just an interesting point of view how the IT procurement team has to take in all this feedback from different groups and say, here's what the business needs. Here's what it means from accounting terms. Here's what IT's lens on this is. And then kind of congeal that together. That's my view of, of IT procurement. And then try to figure out the, you know, the vendors wanting us to, to, to buy blue and we really want to buy green and having you know, that conversation as well. You're right. Everyone's got a vested interest in a in a key consideration such as a leasing versus buying, and it, it's also got to be aligned to their corporate strategy. So if a if a company is embarking on some sort of M and A activity, um, they're looking to be bought or they want to buy um, companies. CFOs of this world will focus on what's called financial ratios um, mm -hmm. um, to to demonstrate how um, efficient they are in use, utilizing capital assets um, and looking at return on capital equipment employed. Um, and so depending on if you make a purchase that's on the balance sheet or not, that could actually make some of these ratios look quite attractive, certainly when you're speaking to investors um, and other partners out there. So it does actually lead into the, the corporate strategy as well. So what's interesting is I have this core belief that people do what they're incentivized to do. And you ha I have two teenagers and this is never more true. You know, I, it's like, if I need them to do something, want them to do something, I have to make sure the incentive is aligned. And so people do what they're incentivized to do. Vendor wants to sell you the blue because they're incentivized by that product. You know, you mentioned the SaaS product. Let's take Microsoft 365. They are incentivizing the use of 365 versus the legacy on-prem. And that's, you know, that's low-hanging fruit uh, description or example. But understanding what people are incentivized, you know, how they're incentivized, the vendors and even your business stakeholders seems like a lens that is very valuable to you. Absolutely. And this is, uh, I guess, a challenge and an opportunity for us in IT procurement, because when we think about creating vendor specific negotiating strategies, part of building that successfully is understanding the person on the other side and what they're incentivized to do. Um, if they want to push more cloud products, um, then, okay, is that something that we want to entertain? Do we want to look into that a bit more? Um, ideally, you would look for win-win opportunities and and common ground and common goal, um, because then you can help each other out, ideally. Yeah. Ideally, just like, you know, the ideals works in some time, you know, some cases. So IT procurement, it's my belief that one of the critical success factors is alignment with IT, of course. And so uh, IT strategy aligns with corporate strategy, and then the you know, the IT procurement tries to align with, here's what the organization's wanting. And so how can the IT procurement professionals enable this alignment with IT and with the other stakeholders so that relationship is really strong, right? It's only as good as the relationship. Absolutely. You know, you could be the best negotiator in the world, but if you can't uh, have a successful working relationship with someone, then they may not want to work with you. And, and uh they may not uh, feel that you can bring something to the table. So you really need to 
be clear on what you can offer and have that strong relationship. So I think firstly, like other departments, you know, procurement is providing a service to the business. So we need to think about what is it that we can offer to the business uh, and then ask the business, what do they need from us? So it's that two way street. You know, you could tease out some of this information by interviewing senior managers uh, on what they expect from us to grasp different ideas. And then if you think there's a gap between what you can offer versus what's needed, the next is build a strategy on how you can close that gap between what's required and, and the current state. Um, I think secondly, it's, it's important that IT procurement understand the, the objectives and priority for, for the IT department and how the projects that are being delivered today build um, up to the bigger three to five year IT strategy and bigger plan, because there's always a bigger plan out there. Sometimes when you're in the trunks and in the detail, it's difficult to see the bigger picture, but there is one. So we need to ask ourselves, what are we doing today that builds up to a bigger picture tomorrow? Um, and I think IT procurement should certainly seek common ground and look to agree joint objectives with IT um, and plan projects and and look to strategize together, not in silos. You know, that's what I, I would expect from a high performing team. I think you touched on a really good point in terms of uh, incentivization um, on the sales side, but also on the procurement side. You know, we need to consider departmental structure. Lots of companies have a centralized procurement function with an IT person, you know, Right. bolted in there right um, but what if we were to um, uh, break the mold and put an IT procurement person in IT and then they become truly aligned to IT's objectives and not only procurement's objectives you know there's different ways on how we could structure to still get the rewards that we're, we're hoping for right and you know everybody thinks there's one way and but oh. it, it's it's many different paths and it's all organizational dependent. And one of the things you mentioned from the procurement side, because I asked you from that side, but let me, let me say from the, the IT side, procurement and accounting should be the best relationships you have with departments. Because if you're an IT, you want, especially asset management, you want to make sure that renewals don't happen, you know, unless they're vetted, you want to make sure that new software or hardware isn't onboarded without your permission you know these relationships are mutually beneficial and it's up to those it professionals and it procurement to make sure that that relationship that bond is strong absolutely you know um we companies cannot afford to have any wastage or inefficiencies now given what everyone's going through so uh, it's really important we get that that foundation right and look for synergies across the department. Oh, yes. But like renewals, right? You know, renewals kind of everybody, the bill comes in and people pay it. But the the ability to push back and say, are we really using that much? Or things like that is saves saves pounds, saves dollars, saves euros. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if you're looking to renew on hardware maintenance, you need to question, uh, do we still have that those number of servers today compared to what we bought last year? Because cloud cloud adoption is on the rise. So we can't reasonably expect us to have the same amount of kit on our state. Right. It's going to be going down over time. So we should be asking the questions. Yeah, but I'm, I'm saying it's IT's role just as much as procurements to make sure that bond is there and things don't slip through, you know, and maybe yeah. you need bronze level of service and you've had gold or platinum before, you know, just like 
just having those conversations and those relationships is important. So one of the things that I wanted to push down with, just because people may or may not be familiar with this, is especially end user computing hardware vendors. We all know them, you know, laptops, phones, all that stuff. The integration with the procurement side in IT where the inventory stock is not in the cage in the IT department anymore. It's more in supply chain logistics, just in time. You know, and I, the integrations in the software side, but it's really a supply chain, just in time type of thought process. Are you seeing that more and more? Definitely am. Uh, and I'm seeing more and more suppliers offer it. This is really one of the core offerings nowadays from um, most reputable IT resellers, certainly in the UK, um, and by the sounds of it in the US as well. So this is about vendor managed inventory where clients don't want to hold any spare laptops anymore, <clears throat> uh, any desktop hardware or any peripherals that come with that because it takes up management time. Um, you've got to remember the first in first out principle. Uh, it takes up space, let alone the cost of the upfront costs. Um, depreciation, coupled with the fact that te technology becomes obsolete over time. So there's lots of reasons why we don't need to hold a lot of stock anymore, if any. Yes, plus, um, plus the software implications, right? You load that Microsoft license on that laptop and now you're having to, to pay the my, Microsoft licensing for something two months out in the future, possibly. Yeah, that's a great point as well. and. Um, I think um, that's the way it seems to be going. Resellers are now taking on more of that burden, um, but they're also performing additional services now, um, such as uh, pre-delivery configuration, uh, testing of the laptops. So, you know, you reduce the risk of dead on arrival, um, pre-imaging, um, asset labeling. So the, the tagging's already done before it hits your, hits your door. Um, and they're trying to take on as much of that burden as possible in exchange for, I think, a reasonable cost in return. So we just have to ask ourselves, is that additional cost worth paying? Um, at the same time, we also need to recognize what our core competencies are. Yes. Yes, and I, I definitely say that. And you mentioned like the move to SaaS earlier, you know, there's, there's a large bank in the US, Capital One, that went data center zero. So they have no data centers. Capital One's a huge bank here. And when we think of core competencies, do people really want that have a person in charge of all these laptops that, you know, you have the risk of theft. Theft is so huge. But then you, you know, your risk management people get upset because they're like, you mean you're letting another vendor put an image and it's our image. And, you know, I mean, there's a lot of, mm. a lot of things to consider. Absolutely. Um, but, um, you know, these things out there in the market are up to us to take advantage of them. And uh, if we're not sure what to do, I suggest trialing it, trialing it for three months to see what the risks and benefits are and see what the, the end of the trial tells you. Oh, yes. And most organizations get bound into the, we have to have consensus. We don't want to make a bad decision, you know, mm. and just culture wise. And so it's tough for some organizations. So I see IT procurement, we've talked about aligning strategies. We see it strategically, but it's also tactical and we have to execute. IT procurement has to execute these contracts, has to do due diligence often. 
how can the area become even more strategic? And the, the only reason I phrase it like that is because in the past, supply chain procurement has been seen as tactical. It's been seen as execution, not the strategic. We are helping the organization in the ways the organization wants and needs to be helped. In my view, I think we need to do the basics well um, because that forms the foundation of procurement capabilities. Um, we need to deliver on the quick wins to raise procurement's profile in the company. From there, we can then start to think outside the box and figure out how to help IT achieve its objectives quicker, cheaper, or more efficiently, given the role that we play. There's hundreds and thousands of solutions out there in the market that can address our IT department's issues, objectives in different ways. So we need to tap into that innovation or the new ideas coming out in the market um, and use that to pursue uh, to our pursuit of being uh, strategic. Uh, there's multiple ways to solve the same issue. There's many solutions out there. And I think procurement need to think holistically, look at all of the different ways and the solutions in the market and tap into that, introduce it into the business and suggest new ways of working. Uh, finally, think uh, short, medium, and long-term. Think about what's coming up you know, on a tactical base. Uh, Longer-term, how do we need to adapt ourselves to the IT strategy? Question, do we have the right skills and experiences in the team to be able to support the strategy? If not, what roadmap do we need to put in place to help them along that journey? Yes, and, and it's all about the alignment from the top, right? And then, moving strategically down to tactical. At least that's how I see it. Make sure we're doing the right things that the organization finds valuable. Absolutely, yeah. It comes back to my earlier point. What did it need from us versus what we can offer? And then I think at the end of all of that, it, it's worth benchmarking yourselves against best-in-class organizations out there. What are these companies doing better than us um, given the resources that they have? Oh, yeah. And, and the benchmark is the double-edged sword. It's kind of like uh, a lot of other things in life. We're excited to go see, and then we're scared of the results, you know? And uh, we're excited to, oh, let's benchmark ourselves. And then we're like, oh, this objective view of us isn't as pretty as the mirror <laughs> I thought it would be, you know? Absolutely. And so it's just one of those things. Yeah. Render, you've been a great guest. We thank you for sharing your, your IT procurement expertise, your knowledge, especially the lens that you give us that's different than our other guests who are more specialized in one area. Thank you, Jeffrey. Thank you for being uh, inviting me along. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you. You too.